0: Good morning, Bridge Church. We invite you to stand and worship with us this morning. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb. Till I met
1: we're here in your house this morning. You've gone before us. You've come up behind us. You're beside us always. We just thank you, God. We give you all our worship this morning. May we feel your presence this morning. we come before you this morning. We cast our cares upon our Prince of Peace and we worship you.
2: many of you are excited that Christ is risen? Amen. As we were singing that song today, it just hit me over and over and over again how God so badly wants a relationship with each and every one of us. That he has been calling your name since the beginning of time. Whatever season you're in. Whatever struggle you're walking through, whether you're in the room or whether you're online, he sees you and he's calling for you. You see, an altar is not just something that's right in front of a church building. An altar can be in your very house, in your car. An altar can be anywhere. And he is calling you to the altar He's calling you to turn from the old and turn to him. He's calling you to push beyond the struggles and see him and how he's got you. There's some people today that you just need to be reminded that Jesus has called your name. He has called your name. Listen for his voice. Maybe you need to block out some noise. Maybe you need to turn off some distractions. And he is calling your name to come to the altar. And when you do, you will not be disappointed. You will find a savior. You will find hope. You will find joy. You will find that peace that you need. So wherever you're at, if you're at home, if you're in the room today, would you just lift up your hand And I want you to imagine that Jesus right now is calling your name. God, we thank you for writing this story of redemption through your son, Jesus. And through that story, through that love, you have called each and every one of us. Thank you for saying my name. Thank you for saying my kids' names. Thank you for saying my wife's name, my parents' name. Thank you for calling me, God. Lord, if there's anyone here who feels like they haven't heard, God, I pray that right now that their ears would be open to hear you call their name and say, yes, I do love you. Yes, I do care for you. Yes, I do see you. Lord, we thank you for calling our name. And we just take a moment and pause and say, here we are, Lord. Here we are, God. God, speak hope, speak life, speak joy, speak peace, speak new beginnings. God, speak provision, speak health as we are listening for you. And all of God's children said, amen, amen, amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us here at The Bridge, Uh, whether you're online or whether you're in the room. We're so thrilled to see you today. Just want to give you a couple reminders. Hey, if you're here with kids, we just want to remind you that we have a family room set up. So if at any point in the service, you might be more comfortable over there, please feel free to go over there. Or if you want to hang out in here, you are more than welcome to do that as well. Hey, before you take a moment and before you're seated, why don't you just turn around and with the biggest wave that you can and the biggest smile that you can, just shout across the room to somebody and tell them that you are glad to see them online, folks. We love you. God bless you.
3: Good morning everyone, it's great to be in church with you today. We are excited to get to spend the morning with you and your family. When you arrived today, you may have noticed that there was some work happening on the outside of our facility. The entire exterior of our building is getting a fresh coat of paint, and we are excited to see the finished product in the next couple of weeks. But in the meantime, we know that it currently looks a little bit unfinished, so we appreciate your patience with the process and look forward to seeing this project completed. The Christmas season is here. And we want to spend the holidays with you and your family. So make your plans to be here throughout the month of December. And here's a look at some of the things that we have coming up at the Bridge Church. The
4: Christmas season is upon us and we are excited to spend the most wonderful time of the year with you and your family right here at the Bridge. We invite you to join us for our annual Christmas Eve candlelight services on Thursday, December 24th at 4 and 5.30 p.m. This is one of our favorite and most memorable nights of the year. So make your plans to be here for Christmas Eve candlelight services at The Bridge, and let's celebrate the true meaning of Christmas together. Every weekend, we have new people joining us in person or online here at The Bridge. We want to do our best to help anyone who is new learn more about the church and find out where they fit in. That is why Connecting Point exists. Last Sunday, we had 13 new people join us to learn more about the Bridge, make the church their home, and get involved. We just want to take a moment to say thank you so much for coming to Connecting Point and welcome to the Bridge family. If you are new to the church and you want to get plugged in, the next Connecting Point is happening on Sunday, January 3rd, during the 1130 a.m. service. Just register to join us on our website or the Bridge app by going to the Connect tab and signing up. And if you have children, Bridge Kids will be happening during the service to serve your kids. We hope you'll join us at Connecting Point and find your place here at the Bridge.
2: What's up Bridge youth? Hey, this Wednesday night is the final regular youth service for the year, the last one of 2020. We're gonna be concluding our series entitled The Comeback Kids. So you don't wanna miss it. Also, if you ordered Comeback Kids Merch, this Wednesday's the night to pick it up. We just might have a few extra hoodies for sale, so don't miss it. Make sure to bring a hydro flask, make sure to bring a mask, and you don't miss it. Final use service of 2020 this Wednesday night, 6 o'clock chains, 7 o'clock service. We'll see you there.
3: If you're new to the church, we wanna help you find your place and get connected. Just go to our website or the Bridge Church app and click on the Connect tab. There you will find a connect card with details to help you get connected. And if you don't have the Bridge app, just text the keywords, the Bridge Church app to 77977. This is the best way to stay updated with everything happening in church life. Thanks again for being with us in church today. And it's always great to spend Sundays with you.
5: How's everybody today? It's good to see you. Glad you're here. Hey, if you've got a Bible, go ahead and open up to Luke chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible or the verses there with you, we'll have them on the screen in a couple minutes. Just want to kick in today to this series that we're doing leading up to Christmas, Heaven and Nature Sing, and today we're going to look at the Christmas carol, Hark, the herald angels sing. Everybody say with me, Hark. Okay. that's not very good. Come on. Hark! There you go, like one of the angels. Hark! The herald angels sing. You know, this month we're, we're taking three Christmas carols and we're looking at the scriptural strength that really inspired, or the scriptural basis that inspired those Christmas carols. And I think a lot of times at Christmas time, we know some of the words and we kind of mumble through the words because we know them from memory and we don't pay a whole lot of attention to what we're singing sometimes. And I think it's good in this Christmas season if we understand the scriptural implication of a lot of these songs that we sing. And you know, I find myself sometimes this time of year, whether it's on the radio at home, if we've got Christmas carols playing, singing right along and and suddenly I realize, wow, did did you, you know what you just sang? Do you know what you just said and i think we want to take time to really drive these principles home that we not only remember them but we pass it on to our children to the next generation that they understand what they're singing this song today hark the herald angels sing was written almost 300 years ago the words were written almost 300 years ago by a famous preacher by the name of john wesley and there's three verses that We're going to look at in this song today, and they're so filled with scriptural implications. And I'm going to break it down into three very simple thoughts. And the words are so profound, and they're great. I want us to begin today in Luke chapter 2. We're going to start at verse number 8. Luke chapter 2, verse number 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Now, let's just pause here a moment at this scene. I want you to get in your head what's going on in this scene. Here are these shepherds out in the field at night watching over their flock, trying to get everything settled down so they can get some rest. You know, the, the fire's probably going, the campfire. They're, they're looking out and make sure that there's nothing coming in to invade the flock. And they're in the quiet of the night, suddenly an angel shows up. Now, the beauty of this is, in Scripture, when you see angels, you don't see a little thing fluttering around that's real pretty, the little halo on its head, little white and silver thing. An angel is usually a really big person, a really big being that just shows up. It's just overwhelming and powerful. And this angel shows up and begins to speak to them. And naturally, they're suddenly alarmed at the presence of this angel. Look at verse 10. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. If an angel was to show up in your bedroom tonight while you're laying there about to go to sleep and suddenly this huge being is there, how many of you would feel better if he said, don't be afraid? That's what's happening here. Do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And then suddenly, now it's not just enough that an angel's there and an angel starts talking to them. Now it says suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts. There are angels suddenly all around. All of these created beings, suddenly a lot of them show up and this host begins praising God And saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. This is the foundation, the beginning of this song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. But as I dive into it today, before I look at these three verses and three thoughts, I want to stop here and I want to look at the word hark. Hark. How many of you have used that word this week? How many of you men have walked in, in the morning and said, Hark, could you fix my, my coffee, please? <laughs> How many students have said, Hark, Dad, can you help me with my homework? Can you do this? We don't use that word in our vocabulary today. But when this song was written almost 300 years ago, the word hark had a meaning. It was a, it was a word that simply meant listen Give me your ears. It would be like me saying, Hey, everybody here, right here, look, pay attention. I got something important to share with you. That's what the word hark meant. Hark, lend an ear, pay attention, mark this moment because it's important. Hark, the herald angels sing. Doesn't mean that angels' names were herald. That's not what we're getting at here. What are the herald angels? It's another word we don't use really today. What are the herald angels? The word herald means message. So we have these messenger angels. These angels have shown up with a message from God for mankind. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now let's look at three things from this Christmas carol. Three thoughts that I think are important for us to remember in Christmas season as we look at this song today. Number one. First is the proclamation of the angels. Whenever I think about the story we read from Luke's gospel in chapter 2, the the angel appearing to the shepherds and then several angels showing up, I'm always reminded the Christmas season there were a lot of miraculous things that happened. There were amazing wonders. A lot of things took place Surrounding the birth of Jesus. This is just one of the scenes, and I don't want to take time to get into all of it today, but several amazing things happened. And when you look at this scene, you have to realize that God was saying to mankind, but specifically to those simple shepherds who were considered kind of down on the food chain of their day, to those simple people, God was saying, I have a message for you. God has not excluded any of us from the message that Christmas brings to us. None of us are excluded. And when when you look at this scene, I mean, just think about it. I kind of explained it a moment ago, but put yourself there with the shepherds. You're there in the scene when this angel shows up. You know, it's amazing that an angel showed up. It's more amazing that a whole lot of angels showed up. But the most important thing we need to gain from this is not the fact that angels showed up. It's the fact that the angels came with a message for all of us. A Savior is born. It's Christ the Lord. That was the proclamation. That was the purpose of the angel and then the angel showing up to tell all mankind a Savior is born. Someone has come to save you. They brought that message. And I want to take just a moment and and kind of break down what they said. First they said, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. If you go back and look through the Old Testament, every time you see an angel or you see what they call a theophany, an appearance of Jesus perhaps in the Old Testament when you see these miraculous occurrences people always fell on their face terrified and there was the belief especially in the jewish religion that if you saw god literally you would die it would kill you to see the greatness of god the brightness of god all that god is just his actual image would take your life we see that throughout the old testament And almost every time throughout Scripture, beginning in the Old Testament, whenever God shows up on the scene or an angel shows up on the scene, the first thing he does is comfort the people and say, don't be afraid. You don't need to be afraid of the presence of God. I've learned through the years that a lot of people are afraid of the presence of God. A lot of people run from God, and the reason they run from God is because they know There is sin in their life that stands between them and God. There are things that are not right there. There's this mental gulf, this emotional gulf, this spiritual gulf, this this separation between them and God. And they know they cannot span it. They cannot be worthy of the presence of God. So whenever they get close to God, they back away in fear and they try to move away from God. And when God shows up, the first thing he says is, don't be afraid. The angel said, we've got good news for you. We've got good news for you, and it's for all people. And then the next thing they said, for there is born to you. There is born to you. Everybody say, to me. There's born to me in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. See, the reason we run from God is because we know we can't save ourselves. We know we can't right all the wrongs and correct all the mistakes. We know there's stuff in our heart, stuff in our past, stuff on the record that's been recorded. We know we cannot save ourselves. And the angel said, i got good news. I know you can't save yourself, but God has sent someone else to save you. And then the third thing that the angel said was glory to God in the highest. Now get, get this picture. This angel shows up then this group of angels the message is glory to god in the highest there's something glorious something amazing going on in the heavens but on earth peace goodwill toward men what the angels saying is god is doing something that starts in heaven and it's glorious but it extends down to earth and it brings you the very things that you need most in life It brings you the peace of God and it brings you peace with God. That's good news. That's good news. Simply stated, the angels proclaimed the good news. A Savior is born. Lost humanity can now be reconciled to God. We can be in relationship with God. That's that's good news. So let heaven and nature sing first verse of the song says, Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations, rise. Join the triumph. Join the message of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark, the angels sing, glory to the newborn king. I want to encourage you today in this moment to stop and realize the proclamation was for you. And we need to be thankful for that today. Number two, the second thing I want you to notice about this carol. First is the proclamation of the angels. But second is the process of Christ's coming. The process of Christ's coming. This is a big deal. How many of you believe Jesus came? How many believe he was born in a manger? He was God in the flesh. We're going to talk about that in a moment. Well, that, you know, that's beyond my comprehension. That's beyond my understanding that all of that happened. But have you ever stopped to think what all had to take place, the process that was involved from getting the Word of God, the Son of God from heaven into Mary's womb and then to a manger and then all through life to a cross and then back to the Father's right hand? There was a lot Involved in that. And I want to show you something from Philippians chapter 2. In this second point, this process, I want to show you what Paul wrote about this process and what we understand about it. Philippians chapter 2, verse 6. It speaks of Jesus being our example. Here's what it says about him in verse 6. Jesus, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. In other words, Jesus was god but he made himself of no reputation who he was he laid down and came as nobody he made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself he became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And we'll come back here in a few minutes to Philippians 2, but let me show you a couple of things here. There was a process involved with Christ being born into this world. With Christ becoming God in human flesh. God, deity, laying it down, coming to earth and putting on our humanity. He became Emmanuel, God with us. The angel said, call his name Emmanuel. He'll be God with you. But he also became God like us. He was flesh and blood like us. But he was still God. I love the the words of John's gospel in John chapter 1. John didn't give us any of the account of the birth of Jesus, but he gave us the theology behind it. He said, in the beginning was the Word, speaking of Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, God's message, God's Word for mankind. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, was God, and the Word was with God. Then he goes on to say, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. See, I used to wrestle with that as a kid. I had a hard time getting my mind around that. Jesus was the word. Jesus was the word. Jesus was the word. We became flesh. In other words, Jesus came with the message from God. Jesus came to show us what God was like. Jesus came to bring us God's good news, God's message. I've always, like everybody else, Tried to get it all figured out. This whole concept of Trinity. You know, there's God. There's one God. But there's Father, Son, and Spirit. I'm not sure how this works. We try to get our brains around that. We use all kinds of illustrations. But still, we don't fully comprehend it. We'll take that one step further. Jesus, the Son of God, the Word of God, was born, was put into Mary's womb and became flesh. People like us and dwelt among us. Consider for just a moment, consider with me all that Jesus laid down, all that he left behind in heaven to come to us. His deity, his greatness, all that he was there, he laid it down and he came to serve the Father's will. But then consider what he put on when he left heaven. Think about all that he laid down to become the Savior of the world. Think of all that he laid down to humble himself to the very point of dying for our sins. Think of all of that. Then, when you think about that process, let heaven and nature sing. The second verse of this song says, Christ, by highest heaven adored, Christ, the everlasting Lord, late in time, behold him come, offspring of the virgin's womb. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity, pleased with us in flesh to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. And I think of all that Jesus did to come here to be our Savior. All that he left and all that he became. When I think about the life that he lived, when I think about the, every situation he was in, he was God with us, God with us, God with us. When there was a hungry multitude, he was God with us. When there was a leopard that needed cleansing, he was God with us. When there was a woman with an issue of blood reaching out in faith, he was God with us. All throughout history, throughout his life, he was God with us and he is still God with us today by the power of the Holy Spirit here to meet every situation and bring God into our lives. That's who he is. That's who he is. It's amazing to consider all that he laid down to become our savior. But then there's a third part of this message and this song that I I want to show you. First, we talked about the proclamation of the angels, then the process that Jesus went through to get here. But third of all, I want to talk about the praise that he now deserves see the angel said glory to god in the highest glory to god in the highest i've looked at scripture and i know in isaiah the picture that's painted isaiah 6 of what happens in the presence of god with with the created beings praising him i've looked at revelation the picture of the created beings praising god but you know what god really wants God really wants the praise of people who are thankful for what God has done for us and continues to do in our lives. You know, Christmas has become about so many things. And, I, and I, you know, I hear people badmouth Christmas and say, oh, I hate Christmas because it's so commercialized. Can I tell you something? There are a lot of things about Christmas I don't like. You know, I don't like it that some of our kids, the only thing they know about Christmas is that grandma got run over by a reindeer. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think that's funny, but that's not really the message of Christmas. I I know Christmas has gotten out of balance. I know that. But I love this time of the year because this time of the year makes me stop and think about the message that Jesus brought, the life that he lived, the sinless, perfect life that he lived, and the death that he died to bring us into relationship with God. I love it. And how do you respond? How do we respond to God? Talking about praise that God deserves. How do we respond to God? How do we join with the angels and sing glory to God in the highest? Sitting at home today watching online, if you're part of the church right there at home, you're thinking, okay, sitting in my house, how do I respond to God? I hear the proclamation of the angels. I've experienced it. I've heard him call my name, as Pastor Nick said earlier. And I understand all the process that Jesus went through to get here, but how do I really respond to God? Three quick things. Number one, in this season, I think it's really important that we recognize who Jesus is and what he's done for us. See, the angel said, the savior is born for you for you for you for you that word you means every single one of us for you 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 for me he came i need to recognize who jesus is and what he's done for us as as you look at the song "Hark! the herald angels sing that third verse there are two things that that John Wesley referred to in that verse that I want to point out, and then I'll give you the words in a moment. He said, first of all, he came as the Prince of Peace. Last Sunday morning, Pastor Aaron did an outstanding job of talking about the peace of God that is ours, talking about Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. Jesus came as the Prince of Peace, and no matter what comes our way in life, his peace just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. As our problems and situations and challenges grow, the peace of God grows to meet those challenges. Jesus came with the right to bring peace in our lives because peace begins when we stand in the presence of God and feel no condemnation of sin. He came as the Prince of Peace. But when John Musty wrote these words, he also referred to him as the Son of Righteousness. S-U-N, not S-O-N. The sun, the brightness of God's righteousness. He was actually quoting, and I'm going to show this to you. I'm almost getting down to the end of my message, so stay with me here. He's quoting from the last chapter of the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 4. He's right there at the end, almost to the end of the Old Testament, where he writes these words, Malachi 4.2. But to you who fear my name, God says, the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. He wasn't talking about overweight. We can do that on our own, okay? We don't need his help with that part. But he said the sun, the brightness of God's righteousness would arise over our lives and everywhere that we go, God would feed us. He would care for us. And every time a situation comes our way, even a sickness or a disease or something that attacks the wholeness that God wants for us. He would arise with healing in his wings and bring his provision to our lives to make everything all right. Friend, every time I read that verse and think about that, my mind goes back to what Jesus said in John ten ten. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. That every challenge you face in life, God is with us. He is there to meet that challenge and to meet that need. And he rises with righteousness and healing in his wings. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I... In the natural, I don't want to get any fatter. I'd love to get a little thinner. But when it comes to spirituality, when it comes to the righteousness of God, when it comes to God's blessing, I want to get fatter and fatter and fatter and receive all that God has for my life. So number one, we need to recognize who Jesus is, what he came to do, what he wants to do in our lives. And the second part of this, each one of us, We need to accept, accept what Jesus has provided for us. From time to time, I I talk about this because I think it's important. When you read through the New Testament and you see the word receive, for example, when Jesus said, ask, believe, and you receive, that word receive literally means to reach up and take what's being extended to you. Receive doesn't mean to sit there and hope something drops into your life. It means reach up towards God and receive what God has for you. We need to accept, we need to receive what Jesus has provided for us. Romans chapter five, verse eight, a well-known verse of scripture tells us that God demonstrated, God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, while you were at your worst while i was at my worst christ died for us christ died for us he didn't wait for us to make ourselves righteous when we were at our worst christ died for us you see the interesting thing about christmas time and we and we deal with this every year the interesting thing about christmas is you cannot separate the manger from the cross if you're telling the story of jesus And you cannot separate the cross from the empty tomb if you're telling the story of Jesus. It all makes the story great. It's all of it that brings the blessing of God into our lives. You want a reason to praise God today? God loves you. He loves you so much he put his own son on a cross to pay for everything that was wrong in your life so that you could have everything that was right in his life. God demonstrated, God defined love by putting his own son on a cross. But what God did with his son, what Jesus came to do in his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, all of that means nothing unless I accept it and embrace it for myself. I always think about this when I think about the cross. As Jesus is hanging there, his blood draining away, his life slowly leaving his body, suffering for my sins, on each side of him there's a thief. And one thief is mocking him and saying, if you're really the son of God, come off the cross and save us. But the other thief says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. See, the question is today, what are you going to do with the Savior? Accept him? Or say, no thanks? Unto us, unto us, a Savior's been born. But what are you going to do with the Savior? I have one more point I'm going to share, but before I share it, I want us to pray right here. Because you see, when you look at that scene of Jesus on a cross and those thieves, one on each side, you know what that is? That's a picture of mankind. Some will say yes. Some will say no. Some will embrace the Savior and accept his love and say, I want to know you and I want to know God. Some will walk away. Choose their own destiny. I know right now, whether online or here in the building, God's dealing with people's hearts. What have you done with the Savior? Don't you ever think for a moment that you've gone too far and gone too much and said no too many times. If God is knocking on the door of your heart right now, if this is pulling at your heartstrings, that's the Holy Spirit of God saying, I want you and my family. But he needs us to accept, accept his forgiveness. We do that, it begins with, the, with words, with the prayer. And I want to lead you in a prayer today, just before I finish this message. I want to lead you in a prayer, and while we're praying this prayer, the worship team's going to get in place in just a moment as we're praying. But as we pray this prayer, I'm just going to ask you to repeat this prayer with me and just wrap your heart around these words. Nothing magical about my words. It's not superstitious. It's about your heart saying, God, I want you and I need you in my life. Every head bowed, every eye closed, those of you watching at home, pray with us today. Everybody write out loud to help those around you. You don't need to scream the words, but pray this prayer with me. Say, God, I need you. And I want you in my life. I need a Savior. And I open my heart to you i accept jesus as my savior i choose jesus to be the lord of my life i want to be your child and i want you to be my father i will learn your ways i will follow you and i will see your blessing in every area of my life thank you for loving me and receiving me I accept you now. Amen. Amen. We'll share more in a few minutes about that prayer, but let me share one last thought. The third part of praise. What do you do? How do you respond to what God's done through Jesus? We were reading from Philippians chapter 2. I want to pick it up again at verse number 9. Paul's talking about how Christ emptied himself what was there to come here and put on humanity. And here's what he says in verse 9. Because of that, therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So I think what God's saying to us is the angels came with a proclamation. The angels came with a message. But God wants us to join in that song of praise. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth in my life, peace, goodwill toward men. See, for me, Christmas will always be powerfully special because it's about Jesus. It's about praise to him but if I had been or if you had been with the shepherds that night, what what would you do with the angelic proclamation? Here's what the angels did. Luke 2.20. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. See, I wasn't present when Jesus was born into this world, but I was very present when Jesus was born into my heart and changed my life. I can tell you all about that. And today, on this Sunday, just a few days before Christmas, I wanna stop and I wanna join that song of praise to God for all that He's done in my life, because I believe once we understand the proclamation of the angels, once we understand the process of Christ coming to us, all of that causes us to join the angels in singing praise to God. Let heaven and nature sing. Here's the last words that John Wesley wrote in this song Hail the heaven born Prince of Peace, Hail the Son of Righteousness, Light. And life to all he brings. Risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by. Born that we no more may die. Born to raise us from the earth. Born to give us second birth. Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Everybody knows the tune and most of us know the first verse. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. We've got more before we finish the service, but stand to your feet. I want to invite you to sing this song of praise to God with us today.
4: Amen. Hey, as we're all standing right now, how many of you are thankful that God sent Jesus to this earth for us? I know in this moment, that's a song that we might not usually sing through our reg- during our regular time of worship. But what an incredible reminder of the reverence that we can have at Christmas time for everything that God did for us. Go ahead and be seated right now for just a moment, if you will. And we're going to finish up here in just a moment. I can't help but shared this because of the line that I just heard at the end of that song. Born that man no more may die. What an incredible line that is. And I look around this room and I recognize that there are so many people in this room. That when we made the decision to receive Christ's sacrifice, we crossed over that bridge from death to life. Born that I might not die. Born that you might not die. What an incredible testimony that is of everything that Jesus did for us. I want to just take a moment and say this right now. If you're here today and you made a decision for the very first time or a recommitment to follow Christ with your life, that's the best decision that you could ever make. And we just want to take a moment to first of all say thank you for making that decision. Congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. We are thrilled that you made that decision today. And there is no better time of the year than to do that at Christmas time. So can we just put our hands together and welcome some people into God's family right now? Congratulations! And one other thing we wanted to share with you, if you're here today and you made that decision or you're watching online, you made a decision to follow Christ or rededicate your life to Christ, we want to give you... A simple gift. It's called the Next Seven Days. And if you're a regular here at the bridge, we talk about this all the time, but this could be the most important step for some of you here today that made that decision just to simply get connected with the family of God and following Christ. And we want to give this gift to you called the Next Seven Days. And there's a couple of different ways that you can get it. First of all, if you are here in the room right after this service, we're going to have some prayer teams. They're going to be on each of these walls down here at the floor. You can walk up to one of our prayer teams and just let them know that today you made a decision to follow Christ. Let them know that you want to get the book. You might not even remember the name. That's okay. We're here to help, and we know what you're looking for. We'll put the next seven days in your hand. We just want to give this to you as a free gift. We don't need anything from you. It's just there to simply help you start your walk with God. Those prayer teams are there also to answer any questions you might have, to pray with you. If you need someone to stand with you, that's why they're here. You might be here today, and you've made that decision before, but you have a need in your life. That's why our prayer teams are here. Please take advantage of that. Let them know that you want someone to pray with you. If you need to go quickly at the end of service, you can stop by the next seven days counter. It's right between the glass doors before you exit the building. One of our team members will be there also. Just let them know you made a decision, you want to get the book, and they'll give it to you also. If you're watching online and you made that decision, all you have to do is just click on the connect tab right there on our website or on the bridge app. And right there on that connect card, there's a box that said, I made a decision to follow Christ. Just check that box and we'll get your contact information. We'll be happy. Happy to be in touch with you and help you get the next seven days and start your walk with God. Again, we're so, so glad you made that decision. It's the best decision that you could ever make. We want to welcome you one more time. Can we just put our hands together again and welcome people to God's family? Awesome. We have just a couple more moments left in our service, but right now we just want to take a moment. We're going to honor God with our giving. We're going to bring our tithes and our offerings into his house. And the first thing that we want to say when we do this is thank you. When we give, we thank God for his goodness. We thank him for his provision. We thank him for his blessing upon our lives. When we give, it's just simply a statement of faith that says, God, I trust you. I put you first. I recognize that you're my source and you're my provider and that you've been good to me. So we put him first through our giving. There's a few different ways on the screens that you can give today. If you would like to give digitally, you can take advantage of one of those, whichever is most convenient for you. If you came ready to give today in person with a physical gift, we have giving stations here in our facility. Right before you exit the first set of exit doors, on either side of the exit doors here at the back of the room, there's a giving station. You can stop there and you just drop that uh, gift right there into one of those boxes. There's also a giving station out by our kids' check in. If you want to stop there, you can also drop your physical gift there as well. Thank you so much for your generosity. And let me just say that we are celebrating this week um, our adopt a child program we had so many kids whose names were submitted this year by parents who, who might be facing financial difficulties and they weren't going to be able to provide gifts for their kids at Christmas this year but as they submitted their names you rose to the occasion you met those needs and every single one of those kids whose names were submitted were adopted this year so let's just praise God for that we also thank you for your willingness and your faithfulness, your generosity to give and to make a difference. Today is also the deadline, the drop-off day for those of you who made the decision to sponsor a child and adopt them for gifts this year. Today's the deadline for dropping off those gifts. And if you brought those gifts and you're ready to drop them off, you can do that out there in the foyer, in the back corner of the foyer. You'll see a table there and a box as well where you can drop those off. So again, thank you so much for your giving. We know that the work of the ministry here through the Bridge Church happens because of a faithful God. And faithful people, and we're so grateful for it. Hey, I hope that you've enjoyed being in church today. Anybody happy to be in the house of God at Christmas time? Awesome. Have a wonderful Sunday. Have a great week. We love you. We will see you next weekend for Christmas Sunday here at The Bridge. Have a great day.